Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are in the world. I'm Sam. I am. Welcome to the Lifeboat live stream. Well, I think we know what the bankers are going to do. They're going to send in their man, Bankman Fried, to take all your money. That's what they're going to do. <laughs> it's been a, a rather interesting week in crypto watching all of this unfold. You know, I had my doubts about this guy. I said, there's more fraud to come. He's likely washing money for Tether. And what are we finding out from the Blaze Media? Paul Saka did this, I think, excellent sort of summary of the dark clouds around this man known as SBF. Collapsed cryptocurrency exchange FTX had ties to Ukrainian government, WEF, and a top Biden advisor. So, you know, this was one of these success stories. This is like, um, oh, the, the medical testing one. I'm, for, I'm blanking on the name of it. But the, the woman who, you know, just created this giant fraud that was supposedly going to partner with like CVS to, to do in-office in blood testing and get results immediately. And the whole thing was a lie. And she was actually running on the competitor's equipment. Um, well, they had Tom Brady, they had the supermodel, NBA superstars, they had the Super Bowl commercial with Larry David, the, the um, Curb Your Enthusiasm going bah humbug to, to crypto and specifically to FTX. And they paid $135 million for a 19-year deal with the Miami Heat to rename the arena to the FTX arena. Similar deal with Major League Baseball to get the FTX patch on the umpires in their partnership you know partnership you pay us money and we promote your stuff within the span of a few days ftx co-founder sam bankman fried known in the industry as sbf lost nearly all of his 16 billion fortune in what bloomberg called quote one of history's greatest ever destructions of wealth he was forced to file for bankruptcy after a 473 million of its funds were stolen in a hack now i think there was news that KuCoin or one of the other exchanges thinks they've identified who hacked the account. Reuters is reporting, though, that one to two billion in customer funds have vanished from the FTX cryptocurrency exchange. The outlet also claimed that FTX secretly funneled 10 billion of customer funds into his trading company, Alameda Research. Now, this is run by his girlfriend, uh, Carolyn Ellison, she's ran the sister trading company. And this is, we're going to look at kind of what um, Jordan Belfort was doing in an in a excellent YouTube video that I watched earlier this afternoon. Uh, and it's, it's the same thing happening all over again, right? They are using these shell companies to skirt the regulations and the, it's blown up in their face, essentially. Despite raising $2 billion, he remained the, the majority owner of the company. No investors joined FTX's board of directors. A little odd for a billion-dollar company to have three people on the board, which made up, uh, was made up of Mr. Bankman Fried, an FTX employee, and a lawyer. Of course, then all of a sudden, he's giving millions to the Democratic Party. $37 million in the 2021 to 2022 election cycle second biggest Democrat donor right behind George Soros, okay? And he said he expected to donate north of $100 million to Democrats in 2024, 
but vowed to have a you know soft ceiling of political spending of $1 billion if Trump runs again. So you see what a threat he is to what these guys are doing. So he also had access to a top Biden advisor weeks before the donations started to the Democrats. And his brother, who handles his political operations, he visited on March 7th. SBF, they largely funded this Protect Our Future PAC. It was launched in May of 2022, formed to stop the next pandemic, right? How do we do that? With the vaccines, of course. I mean, they're 100% safe and effective. Let's get everybody shot up from here on out with whatever they say is going to save us because obviously that's what's happened with the COVID-19 injections, hasn't it? So Gabe, this is his brother, and I think he tweeted this a while back and says, quote, if this is a weird crypto play, I certainly have not been informed about it. I want to stop the next pandemic. This is really my one and only goal here. I think over time people will realize that. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Barbara Fried is a Stanford professor. Now this is mom. Okay. She's also the co-founder of the Mind the Gap Political Action Committee established in 2018 to help Democrats win elections. Right. What's, and you know, there's this little bit right here where, you know, this timeline between Barbara and Sam, Joe Biden announces his presidential campaign. This is uh, 13 days later on May 8th. Sam Bankman Fried, son of Barbara Fried, the co-founder that we just talked about, launches the FTX crypto exchange. The exchange is an overnight success that enables Sam to become the second biggest donor to the Biden campaign. Really makes you think, huh? Mrs. Fried launched a totally grassroots uh, Democratic PAC in July of 2018. And you know, wonder how you're going to raise enough funds to make a difference. Her son coincidentally becomes a multi-billionaire a few months later. Some things just have a way of working themselves out, don't they? I mean, it's an amazing, amazing coincidence there that she sets up this foundation, uh, this political action committee, and then her son all of a sudden can step in and start funding it. This is definitely not a Democrat or a government money laundering operation happening right in front of us. Quote, what's also unusual is that Mind the Gap is not led by highly experienced political hands, but by academics with no professional backgrounds as fundraisers. The group's leaders are a pair of Stanford law professors, Barbara Fried, who has no apparent campaign experience, and Paul Brest, the former president of the William and Flora Hewlett Foundation. Now, that's the Hewlett from Hewlett Packard HP, the computer makers. A Stanford fellow who served in juror junior roles for former President Barack Obama's re-election campaign and then was White House Executive Director. Uh, backers include people like Facebook co-founder Dustin Moskovitz, former Google CEO Eric Schmidt, uh, San Francisco power broker Ron Conway, and, and some others. Of course, guess what? They've also got ties to Ukraine, the money laundering center of, I think, a lot of this. Curiously, the Ukrainian government launched a cryptocurrency donation site in March that was backed by FTX, Aid for Ukraine, which has the backing of crypto exchange FTX staking platform Everstake and Ukraine's Kuna exchange will route donated crypto to the National Bank of Ukraine. You know, like 
in suitcases brought on Bono's private jet. So are they literally like laundering ill-gotten gains and cash and moving it around to different parts of the world here? Is that what we're, what we're watching? And FTX was set up to facilitate that and funnel money into not just the Democratic Party, but also these shell companies that probably don't even actually exist that are just designed to take people's money and do a, a you know, a disappearing bag, a bag's empty. Where'd the rabbit go? I don't know. Sorry, we can't pay you back now. Aid for Ukraine is cooperating with the cryptocurrency exchange FTX, which converts crypto funds received into fiat and sends the donations to the national bank. So see, they're, they're, they're dealing in cash. They're helping them turn that into cash. This marks the first ever instance of a cryptocurrency exchange directly cooperating, i.e. Um, colluding with a public financial entity to provide a conduit for crypto donations. FTX already converted $1 million worth of SOL and transferred it to the National Bank of Ukraine. Wow, one cryptocurrency, a million dollars. Hmm. And you know what? I wonder, you know, when that, when these cryptos donations come into these wallets, guess who holds the, who keeps the books on those? Is it the blockchain? No, no, no. It's FTX, right? So they get to decide who that was for, where it was supposed to go. Who knows how much they're skimming off the top as part of this arrangement for laundering this money. So some donations come in and maybe for a certain amount and those are earmarked for the big guy. No, the other big guy, SBF. The onset of the conflict in Ukraine, FTX felt the need to provide assistance in any way it could by working with the Ministry of Digital Transformation. I'm sure that existed in Ukraine before the war. (coughs) To set up, sorry to set up payment rails and facilitate the conversion of crypto donations into fiat, we have given the National Bank of Ukraine the ability to deliver aid and resources to the people who need it most. (laughs) You know, people like uh, this politician and his wife who was leaving with $20 million in cash (laughs) fleeing Ukraine (laughs) and got caught with those suitcases full of money, cash, dollars, euros, Mm hmm. One big money laundering operation. I've been telling you guys, just like the dot com and the whole pixel on thing, this is the Wild West. There are so many people running scams. And I watched um, uh, Tony's show, Thinking Crypto. He had BitBoy on, I think it was yesterday or maybe today. Uh, and just want to happen to catch. And yeah, the, the, the bit boy, I'll sue anybody who says anything I don't like about me, that guy. And, uh, he was talking about this, how, well, I, you know, I've been telling my users to withdraw and I like almost taking credit for the collapse. Uh, yeah. Okay. I'm pretty sure that CZ, the CEO of Binance pulling almost half a billion dollars, I think it was a little over half a billion dollars out of their native token because they were early investors probably did a little more to contribute to the panic, but essentially that's what happened. People started withdrawing money, money runs out. They can't cover the withdrawals anymore. So that gets halted. And, and then we get to see behind the curtains and that's what's in progress now. 
And that's what a lot of these uh, stories, a lot of this information that's coming out is happening. Okay. And of course, World Economic Forum has FTX as a partner and a link to their website. So what were they really doing here? I want to jump to this Slate article. I think it does a good job of covering it. This is the commercial with the Larry, uh, David, and uh, yeah, okay. So we, we've also got Mr. Nice Guy from Shark Tank. The guy, I can't stand him. Uh, he's going to go fly to Washington and straighten this out for all of us. So when BitBoy was on uh, with Tony today, he's talking about this guy, this Sam Bankman fried guy. He was bad news. His bill, we saw it. It was terrible. It was not what you would want. And by the way, BitBoy, he's got a plan to fix everything. And it is so good that he can't actually show it to you, is what he said on the show. That, uh, you know, everybody's going to agree with it because it's such a great plan. I just, I can't show it to you because it's so good. And so he's going to run his plan in and seize the moment to, to fix everything. And remember Elgato Malu in the last show, tilting the, the table in their favor, cantillening the table, I think it is. That's what these guys are all running in to do right now. This is how it happens. Okay. So let's scroll down here. There's a couple of things I want to point out. Coindesk reported this month that SBF's hedge fund held a huge amount of FTT. Now, this is the native token like Binance Coin that the exchanges issue for exchange liquidity and so forth. And, you know, they love to hand those out because they get to create, they get to print that money, right? SBF's head, and, and usually the market can swallow it up early on, but as it as it wanes, I guess, and loses utility, it loses, uh, you know, trading volume and it doesn't, it loses liquidity essentially. Okay. Uh, SBF's hedge fund can hold whatever token it wants. And if that token goes down, then the hedge fund loses money. But what if things could get really bad? What if the hedge fund is using FTT as collateral so that it can borrow more cryptocurrencies from FTX? That would be a big risk because the collateral that FTX was holding for the crypto that it had loaned out would inherently be tied to confidence in FTX's business. If people started asking questions about FTX's viability, in, then in addition to rushing to withdraw their money, they might also sell their FTT. These events could reinforce each other with the price of the coin going down further and further as FTX makes more and more headlines for, say, not being able to process customer withdrawals. And why couldn't FTX process those withdrawals? One possible explanation is that collateral from Alameda for various Bitcoins it had lent out was in FTT, which was rapidly losing value. This event, FTX would be more or less busted, which it is now because they're trying to sell this token. It's not worth anything because nobody wants it all of a sudden. And they can't convert that and buy into Bitcoin that they need to send out to customers for withdrawal because it is the collateral on the Bitcoin that they've loaned out. Does that make sense? Hopefully. So we think that's what happened. Now, CZ had said that recent revelations led him to liquidate a $530 million holding. Yeah. So half over half a billion dollars in FTT. That's what started the, um, it's not a gold rush, but a, a rush for the exits. 
Binance had held the stake there because it was an early investor in FTX. So he pulled that, announced it, and I think things started going downhill pretty fast. SBF, and, and supposedly, you know, he was going to, he called, SBF called CZ to get him to buy the company. And he says, okay, we'll look at it. He does due diligence and backs away from that and says, ah, no, I am not touching this. Of course, I, I have little doubts that Binance was engaged in the same kind of thing early on, but they got to scale fast enough that they were able to move away from that and become a viable enterprise. I think that's what probably has happened here, right? Because they've, they've become the dominant player. SBF has no way of looking non-terrible here, but one way for him to look extra seedy would be if it turned out that FTX was not just lending out crypto that belonged to its users, but was doing it so to SBF's own fund and that the collateral FTX accepted in lending was a coin that was directly tied to public confidence in FTX, one that they can print up on a whim to cut, you know, just like the, the government does, but the government has a lot more utility and liquidity especially the U.S. government being the dollar, the reserve current, the global reserve currency, that it can get away with that, that that inflation gets pushed to places that are demanding dollars because those dollars need to go elsewhere in the world. People are going to lose a lot of money, including uh, lots of regular crypto investors who are not rich venture capitalists, but don't worry, Kevin O'Leary, he's going to Washington, D.C., and he's going to get some answers for us, I'm sure. He's definitely not going to like push an agenda that benefits him directly. That's not the kind of person Mr. Wonderful is. How would he have a name like Mr. Wonderful if he was going to do something terrible? Just, I, I mean, if we've learned anything from Bernie Madoff or Sam Bankman Fried, it's that these names matter, right? The chairman of the SEC sounds pretty chapped about the whole thing, but mostly in a philosophical way. That's great. Uh, so this scandal involves the international division, but the company also does business in the U.S. The Securities and Exchange Commission and the Justice Department are looking into everything you can trust. They're going to get to the bottom of it for sure <laughs> and won't be bribed at all anywhere in the process. Definitely not. Maybe you're an anti-crypto and think that anyone who had significant holdings at FTX was playing with fire anyway. I wouldn't say I'm anti-crypto, but uh, you know that kind of that whole leverage game is uh, pretty shady practices, especially when the driver, the underlying utility for the uh, the high interest rates for loaning it comes from the desire to speculate. And, you know, it's the it's the whole hairdresser that had five houses uh, all on, you know, zero percent down and the, the housing market can only go up. So she's going to be rich and yada, yada. OK, uh, that was dabbling in the crypto pool is reckless in the first place. So anyone who gets burned by FTX deserves it. But this arc is a bit different than the typical way a retail investor loses their shirt. Well, not exactly, as we'll see. Uh, it happens because an investment doesn't work out in the market. Someone bought into Bitcoin at the wrong time or did the same with a rapidly moving Reddit stock. Maybe they took a short at an, a shot at an IPO on Robinhood and then the stock went down. 
Those are the breaks of the game. But here, crypto investors are at risk of losing their investment, not because anything that happened in the market more broadly, but because of one of the biggest companies entrusted with managing their assets proved to be uh, proved not to be up for the task. Um, yeah, no, I, I think they pretty much orchestrated a massive, massive fraud because Alameda Race Research, their portfolio, they have given out $8 billion, the vast majority of it, to companies with less than 10 employees. <laughs> I think it's, uh, let's see, 438 different funding rounds. So they've been handing out money to probably, you know, there was this this scene in the big short where he's on the phone, he goes to one of these um, over-the-counter brokers, I think it was, that um, is trying to sell these worthless penny stocks. And one of these companies it shows you is like the garage in in somebody's backyard. And that's the company headquarters. And it's about to make big moves in the aerospace and they've got a government contract and how many shares would you like kind of thing. Well, those companies didn't actually exist and everybody in it was, you know, they had people go out and buy. In fact, that's kind of what this video right here is brokerages about. like LF Rothschild. This is how money works on, <clears throat> on YouTube. And he's breaking down kind of the Wolf of Wall Street and sort of correcting, getting some things right that the movie got wrong. I want you to listen to this. Exchange brokerages facilitate trades on public exchanges. They would have a team of actual people down on the floor of the New York Stock Exchange calling out trades on behalf of the stockbrokers in their office who would be relaying trades from their clients. So he's talking about tier one, you know, the big guys. They are actually actively trading, but that's not what was happening. As we have seen, this system was still susceptible to unscrupulous behavior, mainly in the form of stockbrokers driving their clients to make as many trades as possible to drive up their commissions. But the exchange had some level of control over all the players in this game to make sure things didn't get too out of hand. If the exchange decided that a particular stockbroker or a particular stockbrokering company was acting in a way that was detrimental to the exchange's reputation, they deserved the right to kick them off the trading floor. This would destroy stock brokerages because if they can't make trades, they don't have a business. Exchanges also heavily regulate what companies are allowed to be listed on their exchanges. They audit financial statements, conduct background checks on the management, and make sure that the company's CEO's mother doesn't pick up the phone when you call their head office. Over-the-counter firms are different. They do not utilize the services of an exchange, and because of this, they do away with a lot of the regulation and oversight that comes with them. Companies can approach these over-the-counter firms directly and say, hey, I need $1 million to conduct funding on R&D on a new piece of radar tech that has both military and civilian applications. The stock firm will say, sure, but we keep 50% of all the money we raise for you. At best, these companies are just desperate for funding to get the idea off the ground, and at worst, they are also looking to defraud investors using any money they raise. Another thing is that 50% number was just a bit of Hollywood magic. The OTC brokers were likely only making 10 to 20% on these trades. Either way, it should be clear to see that any company that needs to offer a 20% cut to a stockbroker just to raise money is probably not worth investing in. And that is why Jordan Belfort and his colleagues resorted to high-pressure sales tactics on unsophisticated investors. Jordan eventually founded Stratton Oakmont, a subsidiary of Stratton Securities, which was a small-time dealer that could trade both over-the-counter and exchange-listed companies. 
Buffer and his co-founders, Brian Blake and Danny Porish, portrayed as... So, essentially, they built up a structure to skirt around the regulations. And I think that's exactly what's happening with FTX and Alameda. And then they're taking the money and further distributing it and making all these small investments in small companies, hoping one of them will pay off big and all of the grift and corruption and people lining their pockets can be covered up. Donnie Ozoff in the 2013 film later bought out the entire firm and started to change how things would be run. Belfort had been making good money by, as he put it, selling garbage to garbage men and making cash hand over fist. But he had grander ambitions. He went on to hire a team of stockbrokers who would all aggressively pitch whatever stock he told them to. Before giving this order, he would call up unaffiliated but trustworthy connections who would buy up a large amount of stock in a small value company, preferably one with less than a $100 million market cap. Exactly what is happening in crypto, right? Is you've got accepted teams that are creating this crypto project and then they're getting hype men to go out and hype it. That's where the social media influencers come in. And they've got their rat holes as well. They're all buying it up early before they pump it to their audience. And then they sell it as the wave, as the momentum builds. Once his connections, affectionately called rat holes, owned a big enough portion of the company, he would instruct all of the brokers on his sales floor to go out and sell the stock to whoever would buy it. The buying frenzy would drive up the price, which would have the convenient side effect of making it easier to sell to new investors. This stock has doubled in value this last week. Get in now or you're oh, going no. to miss out. Once the price of the stock had reached a certain level, Jordan would instruct his rat holes to start selling. While this was happening, Jordan's company would make it incredibly difficult for their regular clients to sell off the stock. Brokers would be instructed to not answer phone calls from investors looking to sell, or just to intentionally lose trade orders. This gave rat holes time to exit their positions, and as soon as regular investors could start selling their own stock, the price Worthless. would collapse. Yeah. The rat holes would then give money they made to Belfort while keeping a small cut for themselves. This scheme was taken to new heights when Stratton Oakmont started taking companies public. Writing firm to guide them. So anyway, he goes through all of this. This is an excellent channel. I watched three of the videos. I just found him today. Market, and then um, he would instruct his army of brokers to sell the IPO to all of their contacts. This would he stepped it up and started taking these companies public and buying up shares beforehand and you know, the same scam, but because it was the New York Stock Exchange, <clears throat> now that momentum is much, much greater. And he's able to dump a lot more of this garbage on these suckers, right? It would drive up the price of the stock just like it did before. But this time, because it was listed on a public market, with the inherent trust investors had in publicly traded stocks to create the ultimate money-making scam. And that's how you make $22 billion in three f***ing hours! For those of you who haven't connected the dots yet, this is low. what you call a pump and dump. And it was the mechanism by which Jordan Belfort made millions. For a while, it actually looked like these schemes were becoming a thing of the past. It's Online stock trading platforms and easy access to market information meant that investors were no longer exposed to brokers who would hype up some shitty small cap company. Unfortunately, the rise of loosely regulated crypto markets has meant that pump and dump schemes are back with a vengeance. 
The only difference is today, the coked up stockbrokers have been swapped out for Discord communities and gaming influencers. And penny stocks have been replaced with stupid f***ing meme coins. Another important part of the movie was how Jordan hit his money. And that was Elon Musk and Doge in there. Money once he had made it. I don't have time to go into that in this video, but fortunately, I have made an entire video on how exactly you could do this if you ever found Anyway, and he's got several other videos along these lines that sort of break down some more of the behind the scenes of what's happening with finance. And I, I found it pretty fascinating. Uh, okay. Let me see. So we talked about that. So essentially, I think that's what's happened here. That's what this $8 billion that just disappeared. Well, well, I don't know. They had the money. We gave them the money. We took this in collateral and now it's all gone. And I'm sorry, we won't be able to pay anyone back, Your Honor. And of course, because they've got the justice system rigged, he'll do a few years. He'll get, you know, $100 million payout at the end, something like that. And life goes on, on to the next scam. That's who these people are. Of course, we also have, I found this rather interesting here, um, the symbol right there. Like you see it right here. It's this triangle. It could be a you know triangle with a striker. Or, you know, it does also kind of bear a similarity to the whole uh, pedophile symbol, man, boy, whatever. I don't know what this, but you see it there. And then on his shirt, he's got the shirt where he's, this is his, his Twitter profile picture. He's got the shirt. I think it's a light bulb with the heart in it. And it's like, you know, he comes up with ideas that warm hearts everywhere. That's who Sam Bankman fried is. And you know, really the way he's cropped it there, it kind of bears another resemblance to another pedo pedo symbol of heart in a heart. I, and I think that it can't be as in your face like Comet Pizza was and, you know, all the stuff going on there and all of those connections. It's a, it has to be a little more subtle because more people have woken up to what's going on. But is this is he is he signaling here? While running uh, while laundering money for Ukraine, suitcase suitcases full of cash. Who knows who those politicians were supposed to deliver that $20 million to after they took 10%, the, the $2 million. Have no idea what's going on, but it's the Wild West here, folks. And it's not over. Like, this guy's tied in with uh, Tether as well. It's a Tether exchange. And you've also got uh, Evergrande. That's still going on. Like last we checked in months back and they kept saying they were going to default on their uh, bond payments. And then they managed to, you know, sell something or pull some strings and the last minute they're able to pay their debt. Well, apparently that, that road has run out and it's a matter of weeks before they ultimately collapse and they have forget the number. I think it was, like a hundred thousand employees, something like that. I mean, massive company. It might've even been more than that. And they employ like 4 million contractors who are, you know, doing these construction projects, working on these buildings, tradesmen, all sorts of people. So 
this whole thing collapsing, screwing over the little guy just like he did with crypto, with his exchange, and taking their money and handing it off to another, to a hedge fund company who put it into a bunch of fake companies that, you know, were able to funnel the money back while he's sitting here displaying symbols that might be referencing pedophilia to let people know, hey, I'm in the club. And his mom is funding these political action committees and that all of a sudden her, her son's able to give money to to support the Democrats. And he's ready to drop a billion to beat Trump. Wonder why. Okay, so uh, Rodrigo here is saying it ties in with uh, the owner of MakerDAO getting whacked after his tweet about a CIA Mossad pedal ring a few weeks ago. I don't know anything about that, but if you've got a link to something or somebody can type that up, Rodrigo, if you can type up the details, I'd love to know. I, I, yeah, I've been, I've been swamped the last few weeks or last month and, and, and an extra week. So I, I don't even know about that, but that's a story I'd love to cover. Uh, okay. <clears throat> so the, the, there's definitely another leg down coming. Uh, you know, it's funny, my mom, uh, I, I had her sell a bunch of XRP when it was 50 something cents and told her, I think 20 cents is coming. Uh, you've got J snip, Joe, Joe suggesting it's going to go down to 20 cents and kind of a flash crash when the more bad news comes out, which is probably everything imploding basically. Um, and she was asking me last week, like, should I buy back in? It's 45 cents or you know something like that. Like, nope, keep waiting, keep waiting. And she did have some, oh, what was it? Uh, Theta, I think, that was like, she bought it in the 70s. It ran up to 90, back to 80 cents and made a nice little profit on that. I told her like three days ago, go ahead and sell it. She sold it at 94 cents. I think it was like a 25, 30% gain somewhere in there. Did, did great on that. Now has more cash to sit and wait for the 20 cent XRP to buy in the low 20s, which I think is kind of what's coming. So, you know, <laughs> I need to give uh, mom's crypto tips to the patrons more often because they're working out well lately. Uh, anyway, this is far, far from over. And now you've got Sailor. Oh, I think the... Uh, Ecuador bonds, the volcano bonds, you had, you know, Max Kaiser and his wife go down there and like bribe the police chief with a hundred grand. It was a, you know, donation, <laughs> make sure we're well taken care of in other words. And, um, you know, they're toting around with the local politicians. Well, now all those Bitcoins that were on FTX, they're gone. Thank you for coming. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. For Appreciate coming. that. Thank you for coming. Thank you. They're in the red. Sailors, micro strategies, massively in the red, not to the tune of billions of dollars now. This whole thing is uh, falling apart. Sorry, I'm, I'm bringing up this maker Dow. Okay, so I didn't even know he was dead. Wow. 
Uh, hold on. Let me, let me just, I want to read this real quick before we move on to the next topic. Um, suspicion over early MakerDAO developer death. So this isn't the head guy though. It sounds like the death of early MakerDAO developer Nikolai Machine is being treated as suspicious by some. He's been tweeting about a pedophile ring in Puerto Rico before his death. Of course, SBF, he's apparently, you know, having orgies, but I mean, he's also a billionaire. So there's that, but it's in his company and his people were all arrested in the Caribbean. There's a lot of trafficking that apparently goes on through there. That's where Epstein was located. Uh, the location in which his body is found is notable for its dangerous, strong currents. Suspicions have been raised over the circumstances of the death of uh, an early developer found in the waters off Coronado Beach in San Juan, Puerto Rico. He was the original technical partner of MakerDAO funder, founder Rune Christensen working on the project between 2015 and 2018. But it is the last tweet sent the day his body was discovered that has raised suggestions of foul play. Free-floating decentralized stablecoin purported to be the spiritual successor of Maker Dow's DAI stablecoin when he tweeted about an alleged pedophile ring. CIA, this is the tweet. CIA and Mossad and pedo elite are running some kind of sex trafficking entrapment blackmail ring out of Puerto Rico and Caribbean islands. Yep, Hunter, that's... What do you think Epstein was and the Canadian guy and all these others? Those were honeypots where they come in, get you with an illegal, an underage girl or something. And those cameras are bugged and, and recorded. So they've got you on tape for blackmail and now you belong to them. Uh, they are going to frame me with a laptop planted by my ex-girlfriend who was a spy they will torture me to death. So, you know, when I'm reading this whole thing that it's his girlfriend that's running the investment, the hedge fund, and she's the one deciding on all these investments, I'm like, oh, really, your girlfriend? Where did you meet this this woman? When did she drop into your life in this timetable here? Did you just become the luckiest guy or is she a CIA deep state plant designed to come in there and manipulate you into this situation to funnel the money out and maybe... Sam Bankman fried was really just trying to do the right thing and didn't know what was being, how he was being used and then thrown away. Like he could be the Patsy fall guy here and didn't know, you know, exactly what all was going on. Uh, any, any of this is possible. So later that day, uh, and of course, you know, uh, the, okay, let me read this. A local news outlet reported that the body of a 29 year old man had been received retrieved from the waters close to Coronado Beach and identified as Nikolai Arcady Mushigan. Um, conspiracy theorists immediately jumped on the nature of the death so soon after a tweet, finding other tweets of a similar nature, including that suggested he might be suicided by the CIA uh, because of the information that he had. So perhaps, perhaps. What's also possible is that he was like... Um, Cappy, the actor that was doing the same kind of thing, went through this phase and then dropped off an overpass. There was that video from the truck that really looked like him. And, you know, he went over backwards and in front of a truck and that was it for him. He said some crazy shit before he committed suicide. 
maybe the guy committed suicide. Maybe somebody was there and threw him off the cliff. I, I don't know. I don't think we'll know. But I would say either are plausible, very plausible. Okay. However appealing those theories might be to some, it just might point to a mentally unstable individual who underestimated the dangers of the waters. No, I don't think so. Which are frequently used by swimmers and surfers and in which eight people are reported to have died since 2021. So, or maybe it's just an accident. That's possible too, right? Okay. Interesting. Thank you for that. All right. Let's move on to the 5G laser nanobots, death, death bots. We'll just call them nano death bots because that's, they go in your body. They're activated by the 5G fiber optic lasers. As I'm learning here, watching these videos, doing a great job of covering this topic. <laughs> if you can't sense the sarcasm dripping from my words, you must be new here. All right. Um, there's, there's been some new experiments come out. There's some new footage that's come out. There's, you know, that was one of the, one of my complaints about these is where's the time-lapse video? Why don't we have time-lapse video of these things forming? I want to see how they come together, how long it takes, what is going on. And that's what they've done. So they've got these over, I think some of them are like four hours. Some of them I think are even longer than that. Um, where these crystalline structures kind of form. Now, let me see here. If you remember this right here, this came out, it was, I think it was about a year ago, a little over a year ago, where they had put some slides out, left them out to sit in the open air, and then they were finding the hydras, which were plant spores, and these circuit chips. And like... I looked at it. We did a video. Here's the little interview here. Hold on. Um, we were contacted early in the week um, by a group of scientists who've been doing some uh, scientific analysis and microscopy work um, on the Pfizer vaccine, um, which had been uh, stimulated by some overseas reports uh, by groups of uh, you know, very credible and credentialed um, experts, chemists and, and pathologists. Uh, who were reporting um, finding what appears to be very, very, uh, very, very tiny, but very complex um, sort of nanoscale technology. Uh, and technology is the word that I take exception to, right? Structures, interesting, you know, shapes and things, but how do we know it's technology? And I haven't seen any proof of that yet. The group in New Zealand have found. Uh, exactly the same thing. So um, I was asked to, uh, to go and have a look, um, and I, I, I have certainly satisfied myself that these are not fakes, uh, and that these are real people, and this is real work having been done in New Zealand. Have you? Now, I, I agree with that, uh, that that's what these people are doing. And someone's saying JJ Cooley has a, Rodrigo again is saying they have a new theory on COVID 19, which is very credible and simple. That's good. I want to see that. Um, I like that guy a lot. Uh, anyway, I, I was interested in this. I'm like, this is very interesting. You know, what's going on Have come across anything here? like this before? Well, we, we've been aware from, uh, of the reports that I mentioned. Um, from the overseas? Yes. Um, so there's a, um, a Spanish group. Um, so La Quinta Columna, they went Grafino, Grafino, and they showed a guy 
there was a glitch on the camera and a guy on a bike falls over dead. We covered that one. That was one they pointed out. They love that sort of thing. And they're pushing the narrative that the nanobots are controlled. And of course, there's all different, I think, facets to this, like you get into with most conspiracy theories, where some people believe certain things and others believe other details are a little bit different. But one of them going around is that 5G is controlling the nanobots because in this new footage in one case they put it they put the solution the slides on top of a or right next to a wi-fi router and had that running and you know transmitting and putting rf energy into the environment and that made them form and then they turned it off and they seemed to kind of like melt away and disappear of course they're in solution they could just be dropping and he's not changing focus to look and see well did it no did it just drop down in the puddle because the wi-fi was turned off and of course you know it's that's electromagnetic energy so if some of these particles like iron filings end up in there and there's this great video from dr cole where he's talking about you know these manufacturing processes normally take five ten plus years to work all the kinks out and get things perfectly consistent to get a good quality drug. They didn't have that. So he says a lot of these contaminants and things that we're seeing are likely flaws in the manufacturing process. And, you know, I had a whistleblower that was doing the mRNA uh, formulations for the drug companies. Like she was the one figuring this stuff out for, for some of the uh, basically building the, mRNA that would be delivered to the drug companies to use. And they were going through in a laboratory, you know, controlled laboratory environment, going through the process and getting different results out. And of course, there's no telling what they've done to change the formulation over time because, you know, we had, uh, oh gosh, um, uh, not, I'm, Thinking of, oh, uh, Dr. Kevin McKernan, he analyzed some samples, did an elemental analysis of the vaccine, found no graphene of some of these little particles, had graphene as a control. You know, that's how you know somebody's doing actual science and not shit, right, is they take the time to do a control. They take the time to use the same slide that they're using, just put a drop of water on it, cover it with a side plate, slide plate, and then look at it under the microscope to see if the bubbles that they were talking about were actually just deflect defects in the slide because they ordered cheap slides off of Amazon instead of the scientific grade glass that's used for this kind of microscopy work, right? Because that kind of nonsense was happening as well. So uh, I don't even know where I'm going with this. There, there were basically, there's a lot of problems because at first, I'm looking at these these pictures here. And let me play this a little bit. Orwell.city is the website, and they've been publishing work steadily. Uh, and and um... So this could be kind of debris, trash from the manufacturing process. It could be the, the lipid nanoparticle, the lipid nanocomplexes that they're putting in. We don't really know. There's a group uh, in... Germany, um, very eminent. Uh, we don't really know, and I think that they've changed it over time to reduce the deaths, 
to try, you know, it was, it was too harmful in the beginning. So they've been making changes and they've never disclosed the ingredients. So now they can say whatever the F they want. Pathologists who reported uh, their findings on postmortems of people who died post vaccination. And they reported seeing things that they'd never seen before in their very long careers. They also reported finding um, unexpected ingredients, shall I say, in the, in the vaccines. Uh, in fact, there were a number of other scientists and health professionals on that uh, press conference who also reported the same thing. So, um, you know, it's still... It's still- so they, they are definitely seeing something. There is, I, I think there's graphene in some. I think Kev, uh, Kevin confirmed that as well with a different sample that did pe- test positive for graphene in the elemental analysis, or he found one of the subcomponents of it. So, you know, it's possible that it is in there. But there's also a lot of crap floating around, as we'll see. It's very shocking when you see it yourself. Uh, you know, it's important to remember when you're looking at the pictures and the videos. Um, that so, you know, like one of my questions about this when I saw it, and we're seeing all these little bugs floating around you know, is here, is uh, was this microscope put in front of a HEPA filter, or has this just been contaminated with whatever's floating around in the room? Scale, which means, you know, extremely small. Yeah. Um, and some of the... Or a, not a HEPA filter, but a laminar flow hood HEPA, HEPA filter. Uh, sort of the behavior of what seems to be machinery or circuitry. So this is one of the ones that look like a circuit. There's some that look like they have antennas going off of them. And my kind of summary was that this is some kind of crystallization process or it's technology that's so far advanced uh, it's not even close to what the mainstream is um, researching right now. Like it would have to be not, not 20, 40, 50 years ahead of us, but hundreds, if not thousands of years advanced from where we are today to do the kind of things that I'm seeing. Because a lot of the problems that I had with this was, well, there's no obvious means of locomotion. So how do these particles connect up? And why is it that, like, uh, we're not seeing repeated patterns? I mean, they're making circuits. Are they making the the circuit board different every time? Why is that? Why wouldn't they all, you know, why wouldn't we see the same kind of blueprint repeated over and over again? Whereas instead, what we see, I think, is something more like this, right? Uh, you know, if you look at this close, you could say, oh, those are wires and the, and the edges, those are circuits. And really, it's just a snowflake and they all look different. And of course, you've also got uh, something like this. This is bismuth that looks the most like what we see here. Of course, the funny, I'm laughing about that because um, bismuth is, you've got uh, the Earth Files lady who has samples of um, the crashed UFO from Roswell. One of the ranchers kept a little piece of the outer skin, which is kind of like a thin foil, and also some of the, a little bit of the aluminum or the, the whatever metal composite that, that was made up there, and they you know hid it from the authorities. Well, that's been analyzed. And it's layers of like these uh, one one atom thick chemical depositions or process. And one of them is 
bismuth. So <laughs> could be could be the alien technology. I, I don't know, but there's a lot of problems with this, okay? Uh, and again, the reason I'm pointing this out is we do see things like this right here looking all complex and interesting. I think there's some other ones here. Um, Rooters, chips, that type of thing. Um, you know, it's, it's very hard to explain, but um, scientists tell me that, that at that sort of scale. That look a lot like that. So nature produces. Things like gravity and magnetism um, behave rather differently. Mm. And I, I certainly am no expert at all in this area. Um, but having uh, spent a very hurried few days really trying to um, prove up this work and satisfy ourselves. Uh, that How do they move? How do they find each other? Why is every single component unique and different? If they're do, are they all doing something different, or is this an actual circuit that performs a function? Wouldn't it tend to have the same components? One would think, but of course, oh, this is nanotechnology, and it's and and it gets it gets even more ridiculous as we go as we'll go through some of the other video um, commentary on this. There's people claiming, well, it's, it's AI doing this. So it's not only nanotechnology, but it's nanotechnology with AI capabilities built into it. All in a vaccine. I mean, it's, it's amazing, folks. This is the coolest stuff ever. Um, you know, really, it needs investigating by, by the professional regulators. Um, and a professional, get real. Needs investigated by independent scientists who don't have ties to big pharma or funded by them or the government. Okay. Um, so let's go here. This is kind of the updated, um, this is Z media, the update on the time-lapse footage. Okay. And what they saw. And I want you to listen. Three to hours. Um, it's three hours long and I'll speed it up. So that it's lasts about a minute. Okay, let's. I want to just so get straight into it and play lapse. the footage for everyone. And let's talk about what's actually going on here. Can we do that? Yes. Okay. So this is a Pfizer vial, right? Correct. This is approximately four drops of Pfizer vaccine on a glass slide that I've been looking at. Um, originally, I put the first drops on in about August, but I put a fresh drop on it last night. And this is one of the crystal squares in the middle that we've focused attention on in the past. Yes. And this is currently playing in real time. And as you can see, nothing appears to be moving at all. But these these fragments here, these are the bits and flotsam and jetsam that we see when we're looking at the liquid vaccine down the microscope. And we've been assured by other people that these are of no concern. But look what happens when I speak this up I'm moving the cursor. It's apparent that we're dealing with something completely different from self-assembly. This is nano-construction. I don't even begin to understand how far ahead of where we thought our technology was. I am. I mean, I, I'm absolutely astounded at this. So when you say it's, it's beyond nanotechnology, what, is, this, is this intelligently assembling itself? Absolutely, but it's not, it's not assembling itself. That's the whole point. It's actually being assembled. It's actually... This is actually, um, essentially, I guess it's a micro. 
there's nano robots assembling the micro robots or micro robots assembling the nano robots i think where did the the micro robots come from construction because this is 200 times magnification when you of course the amazing part is this doesn't happen in the vial this happens when you put take a drop drop it on a slide put a cover slip over it and the edges are exposed to oxygen and whatever kind of stuff is floating around in the room as well apparently so like you say it's a why wouldn't it happen in the vial like what's it waiting on and they're not doing controls like that where they can show you know we've taken here's the vial right next to the slide and then we take a sample of the vial and drop it and look at it and we're not finding these uh, super magical microchips nanobot killer robots assembling itself are you saying that the that someone is controlling the assembly through frequencies or the frequencies are causing it to assemble itself right. with reference to the square the square is not assembling itself the square the structure is being assembled it's being put together by essentially micro machinery which is coordinated and if you focus in this corner here on the so what <clears throat> what he's showing is this video, this four-hour time-lapse video, where this square kind of materializes in the middle, but there are things <clears throat> on the outside that look like some of these uh, bits of trash, what they're calling the graphene oxide, or the it could also be the lipid nano complexes. Um, those kind of get drawn into it and then pull away a little bit. And he's saying, well, that's robots and nanotechnology, whereas the reality is it could be part of this dry out process and this crystallization process, whatever it is. Now she wants to, they want to make the claim, is this salt? No, it's not salt because the salt looks almost exactly like those pictures that we saw earlier. And it doesn't have to be salt. That's the thing there. We don't know what's in these. We don't know what happens when it dries out. And by the way, these crystalline, uh, these um, killer nanobot robot machines, they also happen to form around the edges of the cover slip, not in the middle, but it's definitely not evaporation, folks. That's also why, you know, the four hours time lapse before they appear, why that's irrelevant too. You know, what we could be watching is, yeah, could it be nanobots? And uh, <laughs> robots, <clears throat> could it be robots building nanobots? Maybe, but you're talking hundreds, if not thousands of years advanced technology versus what's in the mainstream today. So if so, it would have to be so far beyond our comprehension, like the equivalent of dropping off of a... Uh, handheld nuclear react reactor to the Victorian age. Like they wouldn't even know about radiation. So I, I think this is far more likely a natural process because of this, what we're seeing, but also the circumstances around where it appears. They're, they also have a lack of a, of a control group here, which is, you know, the, the unexposed vial which they could subject to the same conditions. Top left there. Yes. We can see that nanobot or microbot 
pulling the edge of the square out. Um, I mean, you can't see anything in real time. Nothing seems to be happening. It's only when you speed it up. I mean, I can't even begin to think of technology that works at those sort of speeds. So it seems to be out of sync with time as well as being um, very, very small. <laughs> Can you play that? Just just play that for us again where you're saying it appears like it's pulling out. So, it, so it here's the clip. Like and it could be in, it gets drawn in, creates some kind of chemical reaction, and then some kind of equilibrium like is reached and it's repelled. The top there. I mean, uh, as, we don't know. But jo- what they're doing is at the same time down the bottom is taking this evidence and jumping to the conclusion they're killer nanorobots. If you look down here, there's another bit of micro, um, microbot, nanobot, uh, coming in from the bottom, and it's actually bracing this edge of the square as this one up here pulls it out. So not only is this happening really slowly, but it's also happening in a coordinated fashion. Um, so... You know, what I can think of is Arthur C. Clarke's quotation of um, any sufficiently advanced technology appears to be magic. I mean, this just looks like magic. I mean, if I wasn't sitting here looking at this and recording it and seeing the things I've seen last week, I wouldn't believe it either. I would think this is fake. But, you know, this is real. This has happened 200 times under my microscope. Now, you, you said to me before that you've added additional. <coughs> now, you've also got crystals. This is one I dug out of the ground in Arkansas uh, cluster. And I bet if I could show this growing, that it would probably look something very similar to that. Nature does this process. It does it with different materials uh, it happens under different in different environments, and we don't. They don't even know what's in there, but they're ready to jump to the <clears throat> to the conclusion that it's nanorobots. Deniable damage. I am posting articles, Doctor Nixon, every day in my Telegram of people dropping unexpectedly. A, a, a radio host in the UK just dropped dead <clears throat> on air. In the middle of presenting on air, he dropped dead in his seat. I mean, this is these p- people are dying in droves, and and we can't deny that it's from the vaccines anymore. They're not even vaccines, but but apart from all of that, what on earth have these psychopaths done? What have they put inside of people? This is unbelievable. So now she's taken the sudden deaths and attached it to the killer nanobots, right? So now you need to be afraid of the killer nanorobots because people are dropping dead. When if you've watched this show, we've gone through articles from uh, Walter Chestnut, from Jessica Rose, where they are kind of figuring out the pathology and what the spike protein is doing to the body, to the ACE2 receptors, to the um, cells that it attaches, what the, what happens, how the immune system responds and handles it. It's creating this, these amyloids, this amyloidosis, causing cell death and causing these fibril, fibril tangles to appear. That's the white stringy stuff, the vax noodles, as I call it, in the veins of the vaccinated and causing their heart to pump harder and harder to get less and less blood flow. And eventually it just stops and they're found dead the next morning in their bed. 
And like we have all that pathology and none of it requires killer nanorobots activated by 5G lasers running over fiber optic as we're going to get to. Yeah. We have any indication as to what this. But like none of them in the Stu Peters network really seem to focus on that, on the actual pathology of how these spike proteins are interacting with the body. Could be, apart from what people have already suggested, that this is, these are, it's obviously some sort of technology. Uh, Karen Kingston says that the, it's enabled, this is this is able to occur because they've packaged it inside the lipid nanoparticles as a deliver, delivery system. Uh, so, so, so it does, it is possible for this to be inside of people. I know what you're saying about people doubting that it's real. Um, and, and the fact that you've, you've recorded this yourself, which, you know, that's why, you know, it's real. Um, but, but have we got any indication as to how this is happening and how do we stop it? Dr. Nixon. Certainly there are a number of people, lots of people that are looking at what can be done in terms of detoxification, but this process seems to be driven by electromagnetic frequency. Um, did you have it? Did you have it near a router or something, or was it just the a, regular? I've been router through the wall, and I've been working with the door open. Um, and when I had the door closed, uh, well, well, it's all those things deconstructing. Um, Matt Taylor has clearly shown these things expanding under the influence of EMF and contracting when EMF is removed. I want to. So that, that's where they're talking about having the router near it, and then turning it on, turning it off. It appears in the RF environment <clears throat> because again, there could be metal, metal particles that come off of the machinery in the mixing vats and you know, whatever else. I, I don't know what their process is. We don't know what the ingredients are. We don't know what the interactions are. Uh, Rodrigo is saying spot on Sam. It's just drying out. Kevin McCarran replicated this with his own piss live on stream. <laughs> Nice. I did not know that, but, uh, that guy's, he's, he's, he is a character. I like him a lot. He just, he does, he's got his opinion and he's very smart and like knows what he's talking about and is very passionate about it and, uh, puts his, his money where his mouth is right. Or his time and, and energy, to, to actually do those things and show, no, no, here, I just did it. Look, here's the results. This is what's happening. And none of these, none of these folks in the Stu Peters network want to touch this. Why? Because man, crypto or sorry, conspiracies and crypto is, is big for viewers, right? If I was still doing crypto videos, uh, you know, I would have, uh, six figure viewers easily. I was at 50,000 years ago and they just start, keep gaining momentum. Typically you keep doing what you're doing. Instead, I saw, you know, something really, really bad is on the horizon here and it's time to pivot and focus on something else that's actually going to help people. And so that's what I did. And look what's happened to the crypto market. It's languished, done nothing really since then. So, okay, let me see if there's something. I asked else you, Doctor Nixon, because it looks like little little robot arms, even. Oh, this this is this. You look look at the way the levers are working in this bit. The levers, you know that you've got triangles, you've got levers, you've got 
pinches. Of course, it could also be just parts stuck together like that. And as the piece over here is getting drawn in, it's causing it to pivot because they're touching. They've bonded somehow. This even appears to have some sort of serrated edge on it. I mean, it's just, let me just play that. Even that first bit folds up on itself, goes up. I'm seeing this, Dr. Nixon. I've, I've seen yeah, a lot. I, this, yeah. I, sort of precise construction that we, all, we, we know about. Um, Dr. Nixon, can you humor me for a minute? Sure. Have, have you watched Salt under a microscope and have you ever seen it do this? No, <laughs> no. I, I have dried out saline. I've, looked, I've made salt crystals. Uh, you know, I've tried to, I've looked up all the cholesterol crystals and the blood and the urine, uric acid crystals, but nothing comes close to what we're seeing here. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. So, uh, JP Warren's asking, here's one of my questions. Why are they shooting up livestock with this? If it had to be kept so cold, it doesn't seem the MRNA could be passed by eating meat. Well, um, with reverse uh, transcription, it's there's. I don't think there's definitive proof that that's happening, but there is certainly a mechanism by which that could be happening, and there's evidence suggesting that it is happening. That uh, this stuff gets into gets converted back into DNA, reverse transcribed into the genome of the cell, <clears throat> and it's something that as those genes are passed down because of uh, ex express, uh, whether the genes express when you mate with a, another partner, uh, it might be recessive. I forget the other word, active, whatever, e expressive, whatever it is, but it might be turned on or turned off and it could skip generations, right? So everything could be fine with the one person they're able to have kids the kids somehow miraculously turn out healthy most of them are not we've got major increases in stillbirths uh, in deaths and miscarriages birth rates are still down it is not looking good but uh, and then of course you've got babies that are actually being born that are getting you know cancers and rare illnesses and on and on um but say they come out healthy, they may go to have kids and that um, mRNA, that spike protein gets expressed, the gene that makes it, the bit of code, and that cell starts pumping out spike proteins into the fetus and kills it. So those people, that generation will be barren because they're going to express that gene that turns on the spike protein production and is going to kill the fetus because it's a cytotoxic uh, neurotoxic bioweapon as Kevin would say, but much more, um, uh, with much more exactness than I can right now. Anyway, uh, livestock poultry vaccination is also bigger business than human vaccines. Yeah. So they, they'll treat them for, uh, forget there's one thing that they use and then they'll, they medicate the feed because the chicken houses that they're in are, you know, they're shit hanging in the air by the last few weeks. And so that's how they keep the birds healthy as they basically medicate them. And, uh, yeah. Okay. Let me see here. Believable. Uh, nanotech growing robotic arms. I mean, yeah. So this is, yeah. Micro construction. It's very good for ratings.
Very good for views. People love this. Is Are we saying that this has been programmed? I mean, I, I, I get it, but I just want to really hammer this point home. This technology has been programmed to grow, not only grow these structures inside of people, but but has but, but in such a calculated fashion, and it's actually forming things inside of people, robotic arms that are setting boundaries, that are pulling this nanotech to the limits that they want to pull it to, and they know where to stop. They know exactly what to do. They know how big they want this nanotechnology to be. Is, is this is this what this is? And they make circuits that look different every single time. It's amazing. Suggesting. Absolutely. And it's intelligent design and intelligent construction. It's completely random in its um, end result. 400 times slower than normal speed. Do we have any indication as to why it would need to happen so slowly? Because it's drying out. I'm not in a hurry, I guess. (laughs) Oh, that's (laughs) Well, I just wonder. I wonder if there's there's a reason why it has to form slowly. Is it maybe because if it happened too quickly, the human body would instantly respond to it? I mean, I'm just yeah. thinking, thinking. Yeah, no, it's, that, that's good thoughts. Um, but the ability to make it happen at this speed. Um, All right. Too obvious for everyone. She interviewed Karen Kingston this week. That's coming out on Uncensored uh, on this very topic, Dr. Nixon. And she has said the exact same thing. The only way to stop this is to immediately seize 5G, immediately, um, you know, to stop stop the, the advance into this technology that they want. To, to, to bring the Internet of Bodies about and all of this. I mean, how else do you think they're going to connect your body with the Internet of Bodies other than if you have this inside of you? It makes I don't perfect know. sense to me. Oh, Excuse me, I've got the heater on because when I put the heater on, the aircon not on before the construction. <laughs> okay, that's enough of that one. Let's actually go to Karen Kingston. Here she is with uh, the Health Ranger, uh, Mike, and this is this takes it up a level. Now we're getting to fiber optic 5G, which is a little bit of a conundrum, as you'll see. All right. Welcome to this interview. Mike Adams here, the founder of Brighteon.com. And today we are interviewing Karen Kingston with a follow-up interview. We had a, what I'm just going to call a bombshell interview a couple of weeks ago, where she was laying out all of this evidence about the, uh, I don't know what you would call it, the, the, the exotic technology, the biostructures that seem to be self-assembling in people's bodies after receiving some injections. Uh, and now she's got new information to share with us about some patents some documents that she's discovered since then. And there have been efforts to hide some of these documents as well by the powers that be. Now to, to Karen's credit, um, she did come find, dig up some patents and things and come out with some information early on that really showed that, you know, this is something they've been working on for a long time. And I think was pretty spot on with some of the things that she was saying as time goes on, she's also, because she's on Stu Peters all the time, and I think part of that whole network that's pushing, basically, it's the apocalypse. These are end times. The mark of the beast is coming, and um, uh, God wins. That's another one that I've seen just a lot of lately. I think there's a lot of, like, the MAGA people responding to the red wave that didn't seem to materialize in a lot of places. Um because, you know, they were going to sweep the House and the Senate and take over and they were going to fix everything and we're going to have hearings and this and that. And yeah, we'll see. Um, a lot of them are like, well, God wins. And, and no, God loves. He doesn't sit there and take sight. If you had kids, would you be rooting for 
little Joey over Michael and hope that, you know, Joey's able to, to choke Michael to death and watch the life drain from his eyes or stab him in the heart or put a bullet through his head. Is that what you would hope for, for your children? That, that God would take sides of one of his children killing the other because they're more right? Really? If so, maybe you should, I don't know, do some self-reflection on your religious beliefs here or the organized religion that's been fed to you. Because I don't think a God of love would be taking sides like that. So anyway, but that's that's kind of their mindset. And I, yeah, I think I've probably pissed off enough people. I'll just, let's just play the video, play the clip. Her website is karenkingston.substack.com and she publishes on Substack and you can also support her work there with a subscription if you wish, although it's optional. And uh, Karen Kingston joins us right now to give us all the details. Welcome. Karen, it's an honor to have you back on, and you were blowing people's minds two weeks ago. Okay, and and they've got, these are Moderna patents talking about the uh, five prime UTR. We've talked about that and the read-through risk and the pseudouridine, which they're using to um, tra- do the enable the transfection into the cell. Uh, the problem is it converts those stop codons, if you remember, which is kind of the little bit of, the little snippet of code that tells it, stop manufacturing of this molecule the spike protein and here's the sort of end of file things you need to do some i think gene expression or um i forget what it was but some specific things before you're done with this little production molecule that you're creating um and the three prime utr that's at the front poly a region with a hundred nucleotides and you, of course you've got the HIV inserts and uh, all the stuff that uh, Dr. Saeed uncovered and just did, I think some brilliant uh, reporting on. So that's in here. With that interview that we did previously. So welcome. Thank you for having me um, back, Mike. I really appreciate it. And as I mentioned, I mean, I found over a decade of research um, and I was honored to be able to go on your platform and and, and kind of quickly give a brief overview of everything. And and I I really want the truth to be understood, what we we talked about, as well as talk about quantum dot, because that's the backbone technology and energy of this AI bioweapon. And, you know, it's a bioweapon because it's part biology and part technology. So now... The self-assembly nanorobots are AI-driven. Like they're on this nanoscale, but they also somehow are able to uh, have this complex algorithm running in all the different robots. And they work together and communicate together. Like I said, if this is real and not like uh, just crystallization from whatever's in there drying out, it's going to be some amazing technology, but I, I think it's far, far more likely that the reasonable explanations are what's occurring. And that's what biotech always was, right? It's the merger of technology. And now we know that's AI with biology, including the human body. So I wanted to go through, you know, patents that show that's always been the intention with COVID. No, it doesn't have to have a technology component. You can have a bioweapon that is strictly biological that comes in, hijacks the immune system, causes 
some kind of cascading cell death, whatever it is. And it doesn't have to have laser 5G nanobot AI driven robots. 19. All right. And you're sharing your screen to actually show the patent. So I just want to direct people yeah. to the video here. Uh, okay. I, I don't have my camera on. I'm just going to be a distraction. And uh, we're just going to watch your screen while you walk us through this. So, so yeah. go ahead, uh, jump into the patents. Yeah, sure. So if you go to the Moderna website, um, you can see the URL right there. Uh, but they, they have um, about eight. And they're saying, you know, the lipid nanoparticles include catatonic lipid, a neutral lipid, a cholesterol, and a peg lipid, pegylated. That's what caused the heart attacks in pigs after the second dose. Uh, when it was just the pegylated lipid being injected, it's never been injected into humans before. And this is kind of why uh, Dr. Robert Malone would talk about not just the lipid nanoparticle, but actually the lipid nano complex because it's a mix of different chemicals. It's not like it's one particle of one element. It's this glob of things that have been thrown together. Okay. And then she's going to kind of go off the deep uh, off the rails here a little bit. No, we're going to point that Eight out. Major patents up there that are the patents for all mRNA vaccines, period. And it's not just Moderna. It's, you know, Pfizer, BioNTech. We now know this lipid nanoparticle technology is also in Johnson and Johnson. So it's for all quote unquote COVID-19 mRNA vaccines and for all mRNA vaccines for all other quote unquote viruses in the future. So you can go straight to Moderna's website. And so this is what I would call the master patent for the lipid nanoparticle technology. And as we talked about last time, the lipid nanoparticle technology is actually part of the AI bioweapon and is actually the spike protein, right? That's that's the thing that makes the spiky things. So what this says clearly um, is it's it's for the delivery, it's for the production of the protein. So no, the mRNA creates the spike protein. The lipid nano part complex envelops it, okay, and protects it outside the cell where it has a very short lifespan, and then helps the, the, the pseudouridine that helps the transfection. So when it bumps into a cell, it. Whoop, and gets inserted in, and then the lipid nanoparticle floats off to go collect in the heart, where it, it causes no problems. This actually has the sequences in it for, pe for, the, for the body, using artificial intelligence to produce, you know, as Dr. Ryan Cole had said, it can actually produce a spike protein without a nucleocapsid, but it's not a synthetic protein, it's biosynthetic. Um, so they need the... It can produce the spike protein without the nucleocap nucleocapsid. The end spike, it's not producing the whole virus, just the spike that has the HIV inserts and, uh, and the ACE2 receptor to let it bind to the endothelium. Lipid nanoparticles, and this clearly states that they're 80 to 160 nanometers in size. So to put that in perspective, um, a micrometer is a thousand nanometers and most viruses are, as you know, a couple or several micrometers. So this is, you know, one tenth the size of you know, more than less than one tenth the size of a virus and quantum yeah. dot can be as small as one nanometer. So that's this is why it's so good at getting across all of these blood brain barriers, the uh, breast, uh, it gets into the breast milk. It's through the, I forget what the other ones are called, but there's several different areas in the body that this spike just penetrates right through one, one thousandth, and that these MRNA that this pegylated lipid is able to distribute throughout the body. And of course they knew this because they had done the studies beforehand as they were developing this over time. And the bioassay study showed that it, no, it's in the spleen, it's in the liver, it gets ever, pretty much everywhere throughout the whole body of these rats that we tested this on. Or one, one two, two thousandths one, one, of a virus. 
one 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 ten thousandth or one hundred thousandth of a bias? No, no. If it's one nanometer, that would be one. It's right there for everyone to see. So it's not it. a conspiracy theory to think that people were in micrometer or ten yeah. micron virus. Then it would be one ten thousandth. Oh yeah, yeah. So so yeah. So now and then and then quantum dots one. So we're getting into as you know the quantum field, right? Right, right. No, we're getting into the quantum scale. So now she's taking, well, because these things are very small, it's now using quantum mechanics to create the 5G laser fiber bioweapon. Yeah, okay. That's exactly what it is. So as you read through this patent, for the lipid nanoparticles, for all mRNA and COVID-19 vaccines on Moderna's website, it clearly states in section 219 that it contains nanoparticles that are self-assembly and fully programmable. And Okay. Now, what does that mean? Well, self-assembled means they don't actually have to build, in my opinion, they don't actually have to build the molecule. They create the mRNA and then they add the uh, lipid nanocomplex and the LMP or LNC will envelop the mRNA and sort of suck it in and take it. Self-assembly, meaning they don't have to actually build it that way they can just add it in as part of the process and it's something that will uh, encapsulate on its own. Okay. Fully programmable. What does that mean? Well, they put what they want in them. They're able to formulate them, program them to contain whatever kind of mix of components they want delivered, you know, wherever that's going. These are the studies that they've been doing over the years that again, this whole mRNA, the whole uh, lipid nanocomplex, this is what Dr. Richard Urso would talk about. That was developed to deliver drugs to the brain because it could cross the blood-brain barrier, which is one of the hardest to get through. What are those nanoparticles? Well, Where is she going to take it? Well, we're about to find out. Well, in section 219 and 220, it goes on to say that they are gels and hydrogels. It's right there for everyone to see. So it's not a conspiracy theory to think that people were injected with smart self-assembling hydrogel. It's in the master patent on Moderna's website. Um, wait, wait, wait. Where, where does this patent say self-assembling though? Or where, if you go where back it, in yeah. section 219, it says the polymer-based self-assembly nanoparticle okay. can be fully programmable in section 219. Mm-hmm. And, and that does not mean they're nanobots. That's the leap that she's making here. And I don't think it's justified or warranted by what's in this patent. Okay. Yes. And section 219, and again, you're, you haven't added 219 to this or anything. These are just screenshots from the patents, correct? These are screenshots, and in, that's why I put the section numbers there. So if people go to the link, they go to the Moderna website, they can go to section 219, and they can find, and that's why, I mean, I, I literally prepared this as if I was going into a metal, medical legal review meeting okay. at a big pharma company. That's how I prepared this. Now, what is this URL that's on these screenshots, myfight.org? That's my organization that I'm, I'm, I'm going to start. Um, Search. They say they combine the spike from, I think, the Omicron strain, and they combined it with the, uh, the original Wuhan virus, and they created this new super strain that has 80% fatality in mice. What are your thoughts on that real quick? Yeah, well, it, so it, um, it's not, the mRNA viruses uh, are completely unstable single helix viruses that cannot infect a human being unless they're encapsulated in a lipid nanoparticle technology. I, I went over that on your show last time. They can read about it on my Substack. So yes, they did create a gain-of-function sequence, you know, a computer sequence that can produce a virus in your body. But this is a bioweapon attack that needs to be encapsulated in the AI bioweapon to infect people. And or it could also be a new electromagnetic frequency that's already going to go out to people who are injected and produce it in the body. So you're saying as long as that super strain virus they created or whatever. 
Okay, now they're remote creating mRNA from 5G. The sequences, as long as they don't encapsulate it and inject it into people, it's not really a threat to humankind. It's not a threat at all. You can even hear uh, Dr. Fauci in 2015 on C-SPAN talk about how Ebola is not really a threat on people. Like, unless you're like, he like kind of says, unless you're like putting your hands in someone's feces and blood, you're not going to get a highly deadly virus. It doesn't happen. Fauci said it on himself in 2015. It just doesn't happen. And again, I disagree. I think what the data shows is that spike protein, or sorry, uh, yeah, spike exposure is harmful and it's a cumulative thing. And the more you get of it, the worse off you are, the more likely your, your body, your system's under attack from it. And there's things you can do, the natokinese to, if you've, you know, you've been injected with this stuff and you're taking these boosters you've had the highest exposure your exposure is off the charts compared to someone that's just had covid um yeah okay let's keep going they need this nano weapon technology to inoculate people um with with a uh, with these bioweapons they, they, they can't do it on their own if you take a look at ecohealth alliance's pitch to darpa with you know dazak and uh, xi zhang li and barrick barrick says in the pitch look uh, my coronaviruses are useless. And, and he said, they call them gain-of-function coronaviruses. They had an entire library of them. He goes, I need to merge them with nanoparticles to actually do any kind of epidemic or pandemic damage. Huh. Not my words, barracks. Merge them with nanoparticles, not nanobots that are delivering this stuff and, you know, activated by frequencies and so forth. So the viruses right. on their own are useless and they're not a threat. So the, a the whole stuff. point of the virus was to create the panic to lead to the injections. To lead to the injections and then to lead to a bunch of other things we're going to get into, including the executive orders and, and um, you know, and then Rand Paul just got rid of animal testing when it's quote unquote not necessary. Social credit score, you know, travel restrictions, complete destruction of your sovereign rights, your ability to exist, to spend, to engage in commerce, all of it. It's like giant power grab, usurped usurpation or usurpation of power by these globalists who are interested in killing off a huge portion of humanity. Very inhuman. So if you have the technology in your body now for them to send electromagnetic frequencies to start experimenting in the body, well, getting rid of animal testing uh, is the worst thing that we could do for the American population at this point. So that gives them an override to just start emergency experimentation in the human body. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, okay. I have a lot of questions, but I didn't mean to interrupt you. So go ahead. No, no, continue okay. with the path. Yeah. So again, I would do this the same way I would walk into a, a, a medley nanoparticles. And okay. it just says there's hydrogels in, the, in these. It's very, it's very clear. And people are magnetic, Mike. I mean, they're magnetic. They clearly are having central nervous system disorders. Like that's not from a respiratory virus. Now, this is the patent that's really interesting. That's been taken down by the U.S. Patent Office. And we'll get to that in a second. So in the Moderna lipid nanoparticle te uh, technology patent, there's, you know, probably about 80 or 90 other patents listed. So you see those patents when they're talking about technologies, then you have to go to, you know, those patent numbers and look them up to find out exactly what they are. So this one was filed by Life Technologies for water dispersible nanoparticles. And what this is for is to make sure that the nanoparticles, which are quantum dot, can be distributed throughout the body in your bloodstream, right? That's, that's, that's the intention. Well, how do I know that the nanoparticles that Life Technologies, which is now owned by Thermo Fisher Scientific, they acquired them in 2015. Okay. How do I know that this is nanoparticles? Again, now this rolls up into that, that patent I'm showing you that's on the Moderna website. Well, because if you go to section 003, it states that semiconductor nanocrystals, also known as quantum dot, 
you know, is what this technology is about. So it's using quantum dot to distribute it throughout the body. And there's tagging involved too. And then it talks about the Bohr particle, which, you know, is based on frequency. So it literally means that this quantum dot technology based on certain frequencies and they respond to on the bottom there, it says it's, it's it responds to like a higher level or maybe it's not here. They talk about biological uh, applications, but at the higher levels, that blue light emitting energy, um, the nanoparticles get to a, um, get to a size where they actually reduce the size and can enter the quantum field. But uh -huh. literally based on frequencies is whether or not this technology exists or will appear or disappear because we're literally in the quantum field. And there's a, a def, there's a certain frequency for it to get into the quantum field to then be able to send and receive signals. But and that's like a whole quantum mechanics dancing wooly tigers discussion. Okay. The wooling the masters, yeah. I think, is, is what they're called. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, thanks for getting my joke. No one gets my joke, so I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, uh, okay. So okay. yeah, I'm sorry, continue. Okay. Go ahead. So here it talks about that um, uh, they're smaller than the Bohr particle. Like, literally, this is about being in the quantum field. This is about, and, I, and it's difficult for people to, to really understand that. Um, and it talks about that they use the higher energies. Um, I don't have the slide in here, but it's 500 gigahertz, 500 gigahertz or wow. higher. Yeah, it's really high energy. So you're talking about those 6G towers, um, and that makes them actually smaller and then get into the quantum field. And that's that blue light. So here's the interesting part is I went to get this patent, the link to it. As you notice, I don't have the URL. And like what I'm reading is it's saying the smaller particles that will shift the light blue as they reduce in size. So it sounds like a way to grade things rather than what she's interpreting this as. The link to it because when I went to it, oh, here, let me skip ahead. When I went to it, it was dead. And this is what I found. So when I went fired on 5-16-22. So apparently there, there was some discussion here. This patent was expired and well, why did they let it expire? <sighs> is this part of some kind of ingenious plan or whatever? And first it was, they removed the authors then it was just the names and the addresses are still there. And uh, they used to own that patent, which they apparently let expired for the Moderna lipid nanoparticles that's in all the vaccines. So, so IOH inorganic organic hydrogels. Right. And I pulled this actually um, part for you because I was trying to show those, those structures, but so what is an inorganic organic hydrogel in part technology, AI, you know, and, and metallic structures and part biology, genetic sequences from other life forms, insects, reptiles, rodents, humans, whatnot. So what do these things look like? Well, they, they look like quantum dots. They have this bright blue, you know, and rainbow color colors that they give off. And so as you go through this peer reviewed article on inorganic organic hybrid materials. And again, you can see the, the poor little mice are getting marked. You know, they're marking their certain organs in their bodies. You can see upper right-hand corner too, there's some markings or, or attachments to the bones. There's another uh, another specific patent in the Moderna patent that actually does specific, uh, specifically target uh, bone and getting into the bone marrow. And then you can see some of these other structures, which are similar to what some of the scientists and researchers and like Dr. Carrie Bidet, these colors, these structures that they've seen underneath the electron microscope. And clearly it says that Okay, these the backbone, the energy source, the technology between inorganic behind inorganic and organic hybrids is Q dots. It's quantum dot. That's what it is. It's also what makes okay, your so, LED television look great. Well, let me where are these colors coming from? Because under an electron microscope, you know, there's no there's no color that well, is. Visible. The electron, I, I don't know what Carrie Midday used, but Carrie looked um, under some other microscope where she just put the, the vaccine under, I think it was a standard microscope. And mm -hmm. she said she saw this whole and she she showed it on shows, like the video of it, like these rainbow colors that burst out. Um, and I can find the videos, but some doctors, when they're looking under, 
you know, a standard, oh, yeah, I guess, 400, 500 magnification. Is that what was standard one is microscope? I'm not a scientist. Like, um, anywhere from, let's say, 20 to 2000. Okay. Yeah. I think optical. a lot. It did, I don't think it burst, but it showed some color. There, or there were those little light flashes or something that were happening as part of the process, which could be some kind of chemical reaction. Doesn't, again, prove that, oh, there are Q dots that are in there. And I think Mike is asking a very relevant question here. Looking at stuff on this scale, it's not in color. What is this that we're looking at? In like a 500 magnification, they would just see, you know, when they looked at the product, the vials underneath the microscope, you know, when certain temperatures change, there's a, a, an engineer that's been on Stu Peter's show where he was like exposing like different frequencies uh-huh. you know, and, right. and they'd see these colors and they'd see like, the, like this Tesla phoresis thing anyway. So, okay, I, so I, can, I can provide links on Substack to what some of the um, researchers have seen. All right. That, that, that's interesting. And see this whole Stu Peter's network is becoming like the uh, Alex Jones of Sandy Hook era, except there's not kids that they're antagonizing. It's pushing these kinds of theories of, nanobots when you know it's been really disproven but we've also got you know there's just so much is it is it driven just by their greed and their desire to profit off of this they like making the money and it's worth it and they don't really care if they get some things wrong or do they really believe in all this are they just being this reckless with looking at the evidence and you know ignoring anything to the contrary as oh, that's misinformation or whatever. I, I don't know. I don't know, but man. Interesting. Um, and just for the audience, I mean, all kinds of substances do fluoresce when they reach that right. excitatory state upon being exposed to wavelengths of electromagnetic energy. So what you're saying actually makes sense. And there's all kinds of things that fluoresce. Like, you know, it, hey, Halloween's almost here. You can go out and you can you can buy like Halloween decorations that fluoresce under a black light. It's out of your TV and stick it in someone's body and it's going to know where to go. Uh, we're going to, it needs a technology, which is a single wall carbon nanotube. And uh, what is that? Well, it's a graphene oxide based structure. That's one atom thick. And it encapsulates, we're going to get into this. It encapsulates the quantum dot. And then it's put in the cubosome in the LMP, the lipid nanoparticle and delivered in the body. Now what's really. So now we've got carbon nanotubes holding Q dots inside along with the MRNA. Maybe, I, I don't know terrifying and a deep betrayal is that this patent is, is under the Moderna patent, as I mentioned, but it's owned by the Chinese government, the Chinese military. It's the, the pro- intellectual property of China. So wait a second, you're saying that Moderna lists this patent on their website? No, you have no, they reference it in another have to go through that master patent that I showed you, Yeah. right? The Moderna lipid nanoparticle one. And in that patent, there's about 90 other patents that refer other technologies. The single wall carbon nanotube technology is referenced in that patent. Oh, uh, and this is this is the single wall carbon nano too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So when you read a patent, there's just like when you read a peer reviewed journal, there's all these other references or alphanumeric like for the patents, alphanumeric codes. So right. if you want more detail on exactly what that is, you have to go read that ninety page document. So you're saying that Moderna's delivery technology was based on what was intellectual property that's owned by China. Part of part of it is yeah, part of it's owned by China. The Chinese and this was, who is this? Tsinghua uh, University, Beijing. Okay, that, those are the applicants I see. And, and then Taiwan, yeah. Really? Isn't that Where's that? Oh, okay, New Taipei. Yeah, New Taipei. That's Hon High Precision Industry in New New Pai, Yeah, New Taipei, Taiwan. Well, that's really unusual to have Taiwan and Beijing cooperating on a patent for technology. 
Well, but I mean, I just know during the PPE, again, I work in medical device, but when PPE was short, the only way to get any kind of PPE out of China was through either Taiwan or South Korea. Hmm. So I don't shrinking the size of the carbon nanotubes. And mm-hmm. then they say, I, just, oh, I, just, enough. I don't have, I don't, you know, what, what I have okay, is government, right. what I have is publicly available documents. I mean, I think that's the other thing people are like, where does she get her information from? It's like a, a government databases. I just know how to say, search them, you know? Yeah. You actually cite everything that you're talking about. You have, yeah. you bring more documentation than anybody. Does it yeah. Mean, well, yeah. Cause I'm not allowed to opine. My right. job, no one cared about my opinion. I, I know people are like, that's so mean. It's not really, you know, you just, uh, I, all I, all I had to do was bring evidence when I would go to these, these meetings, you know? So, yeah, thank you. So, so let's, so, so the other thing I want to talk about is that, you know, we're talking about the COVID-19 bioweapon injections that deliver this AI nano weapon, but I want to talk a little personal experience and then go into, you know, what, um, yeah. what's actually being delivered. So this was the testing they were doing at my son's There's school. There's a section I'm looking for and it was where she talks about. It's, it's the AI. Nano oh, yeah, 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 that's it about inoculating people with that nano weapon. So these we talked about last time. These are the images, right? So on the left-hand side, uh, that's a So that looks like a spike, a, a, a coronavirus with the little black dots being spike proteins expressed on the surface, hoping to bind to an ACE2 receptor. And you can see there's kind of a little dark spot in the middle there. I think that's the sort of the body of the virus. Electron microscope image of a nanogel, an AI nanogel that's infected a cell. That's an actual image. That's not CGI. It's not a CAD file. You know, all the other stuff are CGI or 2D, 2G images um, that you see. But if right. They, and so that looks just like what they show us is the spike, pro, the, the, the spike exactly. sphere. It looks like the spike protein, but it's not the spike protein. It's the AI nano weapon. No, it, it looks like the virus. Inside of a cell. Wow. Yeah. Well, you, okay. She's saying it's inside of a cell. Well, maybe if the cell's constantly pumping out the spike and the, that could be the spike kind of floating around in the outer layer. Perhaps that's what we're seeing. I don't know, though. You mentioned that last time and you were blowing people's minds that you're saying the spike protein is, it's, it's the AI. Nanoweapon, bioweapon. Yeah, yeah, bio-weapon. sorry. I want to call it a bioweapon because it's part biology. So now this little protein sequence is, has artificial intelligence somehow. I mean. Part technology. I think when people hear nanoweapon, they think, well, it's just technology. No, it, it's part biology. So it has, it can produce genetic sequences for viruses in your body. Well, it's like you said, it's organic hyphen inorganic. It's a yeah, hybrid it's a, chimeric combination of tech. Yeah, it, it is. I mean, we're going to get to the tech. We're going to get to the pattern where it says that this technology is meant to spawn inside the body. It's a, it's a, it's a par- Yeah, that's the whole idea behind mRNA. So it induces your cells to produce the protein. And it's supposed to be a safe protein. They They went out of the gate with... HIV bioweapon, immune system destroying HIV bioweapon. Parasite. So this is this is the nanoscale borgification, basically. But I mean, it could also be snake venom or <clears throat> self-assembling nano, sorry, self-assembling robot arms that build the nanobots something. Yes, it, that's what it is. But it's definitely all controlled by 5G and the lasers because... There's another guy, conspiracy theorist, on, I don't even know what channel he's on, but I see his videos from time to time. He plays the spooky music, and then he talks in a very metered and paced manner about the 5G bioweapons and the death towers, I think is what he calls them, and how they have lasers that can target you walking down the street and then you're dead. And to you know to back this theory up, he shows a picture of 
a warning sign on a cell phone tower that says damage or warning uh, lasers in use that can be invisible lasers in use that can be hazardous to your health. And that's therefore proof of the 5G laser bioweapon death rays coming from all the, the, the cell phone towers. Okay. And actually, what is it? Well, you know, being in telecom, I know about these things because, well, anyway, it's a thing called air fiber, right? And what do they do? Well, it's one of the uh, ISPs that I used was a point-to-point wireless system that hit one of the big towers in the area and would provide internet service for us out in the country, kind of like a smaller, more localized version of Starlink. Um, they would use something, the, the hosting company, I think it was Verizon that they were using, would give them air fiber. What is that? Well, it's laser link up between two towers they're supposed to be level where they're sending data back and forth. If they've got bandwidth on another tower, that's not being used. They can use that laser network air fiber and you know, fiber is just the protocol that's encapsulating for transport. Um, they can use that to send the traffic to a different tower. That's not as busy over that air fiber network. And they can reconfigure that, you know, on a whim because there's so much bandwidth and it's so capable. So that's what the, you know, IR laser warning signs are about that air fibers in use on that tower. And that's for the technicians to know they need to potentially shut that down before they climb the tower, or, you know, wear the proper safety gear. But that's going to be interpreted by these folks as this is proof that they're killing you with 5g laser beams. Wow. Uh, well, along those lines, then it seems like it hasn't been fully activated yet then in lots of people. It has not. It has not. And the activation is uh, is is very much contingent on uh, the, the 5G fiber optics uh, network. And we I didn't I didn't pull. OK, there was the one I was waiting for. The 5G fiber optic network. OK, Let me explain something. 5G is a radio protocol. It's transmitted through the air. Fiber optic is a optical protocol. It's transmitted with light emitting diodes going down a glass uh, cable. Okay. So you don't have 5G fiber optic, not really a thing. But it kind of shows you the technical understanding of Karen. I think she's, you know, I like her. I'm not trying to like make fun of her but I think she's out of her depth here. And I think she's misinterpreting what's in these patents because it fits her narrative that, you know, these things are controlled by 5g and they're AI and nano robots. And they're going to, they can kill us at any point and track us with this. And, and the whole quantum dot stuff was all about, uh, they can label tag things, label things in different parts of the body. And, that's eventually uh, it, there was almost a suggestion that that would turn into uh, being able to read all of your um, bodily stats and, and so forth. And it's just, it's so, it's so far from that. Slides today, but also the quantum dots are activated uh, using led. So there's also, so light, there's a light activation that's involved as well. There's and I've got to get that fiber fiber up as well. So it's led, which is why they're putting those black lights everywhere. 
5G and fiber optics that activate it. And they're going up like gangbusters, Mike, and they're ahead of schedule from what I've seen. <laughs> but we'll, we'll have to cover that at another okay. time. Okay. All right. Let, let's continue then. No, let's continue, not. Yeah. They're so not just, putting up 5G fiber optic. Okay. Oh. <laughs> oh, boy. This is the, so this is a peer reviewed article. You can see the title of it. I believe it was in PNAS. Um, but what you're looking at is the cargo systems of um, uh, magnetic nanoparticles inside cells. And so this, it says the short, short uh, oh, he said it, oligonucleotide. So what it's doing, it can, it can produce a spike protein. It can do the short codon sequences, right? To produce the spike protein. Yes. Yeah. Okay. You get it. Right. Yeah. That's, that's what it, that's what these are. So those are the spikes. I mean, it's producing synthetic viruses in your body. So we went over this last time too. So this is a publication that's on um, what they call smart magnetic hydrogel. And again, you can see the pegylated lipids. They're the spike protein. So this right. is one of the delivery layers, right? No, they're not. Uh, and it talks about this. Is like That's another conflation. The, the spike protein is a protein produced by the cell. The, the lipid nanoparticle or lipid nano complex is a delivery mechanism for the mRNA. Both, both highly toxic, both deadly, both, you know, collecting in different places in the body and extremely dangerous and causing these heart attacks and these, um, menstrual issues, reproductive cycle issues in women as well as men. So, you know, both of them are dangerous, but conflating the two, I, I, mm. this is intelligent. We went over this last time. My right. point is. That's this pegylated lipid on the right-hand side at the bottom. Above it is what they stuck in my son. Wait, what, what do they stick in your son? With the, you're talking about with the swabbing? Yeah, that's what this, yeah. Don't, I mean, I'm not, we, I mean, we have to wake up to this. The swabbing, and I'll get to the patents where they, they talk about the diagnostic test. So it was graphene oxide, or no, what was it? Uh, it was a gas that they used that was a highly toxic gas. Um, yeah, I think it was GO gas um to sterilize the swabs and so forth and are there trace amounts particles left on the swabs we don't know you know the people getting swabbed constantly are they being exposed to that perhaps can be used to inoculate people but they're not put i don't think i've ever seen that they're putting lnps or lipid nano complexes on the swabs and that's supposedly going to infect people. I, I, I mean, it's just, it, this is so scattered. Okay. Right. That's why I've, I've never been swabbed. Inoculating people with this AI bioweapon. So even people who weren't vaccinated, if they were swabbed, they could have been inoculated. Yes. But the point, but and, I, and people are very concerned about that. And I, I think everyone should be concerned. There is a way to though, stop this, reverse it, treat it. You know, if we, t it's because it's based on. And look, you're talking to some, you're listening to someone who's never been tested for COVID. I'd never got the swab because I didn't trust it either. So it's not like I'm all, oh, this is crazy and da, 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 da. All these things are possible, but I think the way she's interpreting it and presenting it is it leaves a lot to be desired. Here. Quantum fields and stuff and energies. But, but, you know, like any poison or parasite, right? Depends on how much you get inoculated with about how, you know what I mean? So yeah. people who had a test, you know, or maybe got exposure through a surface exposure that was sprayed down with these uh, AI bioweapons, they're, they're not going to have as much in their body as someone that was injected. And okay. And that goes on and on. So I don't think it's an AI bioweapon. Uh, 
I, I, there's just so much to this. I, and, and the thing is, the the pegylated lipid is a toxin. The the spike protein is a toxin. They they again they both do damage to the body. They have different pathologies. This spike protein is just a, a cl- very clever, ingeniously designed uh, bioweapon to really go in and do damage to the body and kick off all of these different rare diseases and autoimmune disorders and so forth. So, you know, it is a very real thing that's, that's hurting people, but is it AI? Is it controlled by 5g? I don't think so. I mean, you could have some contaminants in there, some medical metal metallic particles that can be affected by 5g and maybe cause some additional damage because it's, trying to move it around or something like that or pushing it into a new area perhaps but ai laser fiber optic 5g killer robots uh is a little off the deep end for me so (laughs) there you go all right that's what i had um i've had a busy week i've been had a, a friend in town for most of the week and then went to my brother's i've been helping him get his shop organized and businesses so forth set up. The swabs were more likely a DNA genome data collection operation. I think that's entirely possible. We had companies uh, that were selling uh, the swabs or or got in trouble for that. And how many of those deals did we not know about? It would make sense if the swabs were delivery system to somehow push the cases. So JP, if you remember, um, I had a, someone in the New York hospital system that I knew. And, uh, this person, they were, they were COVID came along. They were handling it. No problem. Uh, Sununu, I think, or the governor there sent his testing teams into the nursing home with swabs. And a week later, all hell broke loose and everybody got sick. Now this person, uh, these swabs were tested and they showed COVID contamination, new ones out of the package, whereas the ones that come from the private company that were also tested did not show any contamination. So did they trigger this thing? Because remember, what did they have to do? They had to have people dying in order to justify all of the lockdowns and the, uh, to, to be able to force the mail-in ballots and pull off the fraud, right? So like all that had to happen and you had Fauci pushing this whole rem, remdesivir drug that actually caused the deaths, put them through this CDC death care that's uh, no treatment, wait till it gets worse and then come back and we'll give you, we'll put you on a respirator, which won't help. And we'll give you a drug that will flood your kidney wall, uh, that will shut down your kidney while we're flooding you with fluids that you won't, your body won't be able to process. And then you can drown in your own fluids. And that was their plan for America, for your loved ones. And they, you know, they engineered and orchestrated this whole thing because remember what John O'Looney came on and told us that about the um, midazolam, I believe it was, that they ordered four years supply and used it in a year. And he had uh, nurses that were telling him they would go in and were instructed to go give him 12 milliliters of lethal dose of this stuff to give them a, and leave the room. 
and they had the narrative about a noble death and they were going to die from COVID and suffer and this, this will either help them or let them go. And he's picking up warm bodies every night. This is an engineered, orchestrated um, scam. They don't care who they have to cheat or kill off or whatever to make it happen. They're here to line their pockets and increase their power and control over all of us. And this stops when we recognize it and stop going to these people to solve our problems. Because Rand Paul's talking about, oh, we're, we got the house, so we're going to have some hearings. Great, more grandstanding that amounts to fuck all. But it'll be great for his, his Rand Paul's social media profile, right? Get him some more, some more fans. But really, it's the government that's creating these problems. They're not going to solve the problems that their policies are actively creating, just like we talked about with homelessness. No matter how much money they throw at it or how big they try and grow, they will never stop trying to grow until they choke us out, which is why... It's, it's make or break time here, folks. They are going for, you know, the full lockdown closing of our society and um, the ultimate solution kind of thing where they're in charge and they do whatever they want with, uh, with society. They make you take whatever injections they want and they control the population through that health passport policy that they want to implement as well as the CBDCs and having the power to shut you out of the monetary system. And this is why crypto is such a threat. And, you know, in the beginning of the show, we talked about, uh, you know, the what's happening with crypto and look at how all of this ties in. It's all connected. And the big economic downturn is the next step in this process. So there you go, folks. That's what I think. I'm going to get out of here. Um, I'll probably be back next week with another show. I, I didn't have as much time to prepare, so it was a little different than I typically do them, but uh, I've got to you know, figure all this out. So that's it. Hope you all had a great weekend, and I will see you all in the meantime. Thanks, everyone. to wake the people up. I see a few waking up, but I don't see enough. 